Sunday, 6 to 8 p.m. on the Mutant Radius. So you're saying I could tell my jokes every Monday from 6 to 8? That's what I'm saying. It's the Joke Workshop Mondays, 6 to 8 p.m. at the Mutant Radius. Hey, Mutant Radius listener. It's 6 o'clock. It's Thursday. It's usually time for Racer's Alley. But they're not here tonight. Sad face. No Racer Alex. No Wade. Not tonight. But instead... Ooh, we have a treat for you. It's comedy. All right. Yeah, so uh, I'm your host, Pam Benjamin. I'm here. We're going to have some comedy. We've got Mauricio in the house. Drea, Dr. Drea is on her way. Nobody calls her that. I shouldn't, I shouldn't call her that. That's not her name. Drea Myers is on her way. Dr. Dr. Drea. I don't know if she'd like that I was calling her that. Uh, we've got we've got Mauricio, the whimsical cholo, in the house, uh, fresh off his exciting FDAL show last week here at Mutiny Radio. Exciting stuff happening for Mutiny today. Just got our outdoor permit. We got the permit from the city that says it's okay to put chairs and stuff and have our jam permit. We get to have stuff outside legally, so that's great news. Also. Uh, the unemployment stuff came through. So, yay! Mutiny Radio has money until January now. Yay! I think everything's going to be okay. Yay! All right, so we're going uh, we'll to listen to a little hip-hop. We'll get one other comedian in the house. I won't make Mauricio perform to me. <laughs> that would be weird. You're like, yeah, just you and me. It's, it's like that a, a lot of times. There's no like mic tonight, but there is a show, a new show run by Pete Ballmer and... Jeff Dean at the Moscone Ballpark in the Marina. So it's going to be interesting. Going to head out there, 7.30 show after this. So, hey, we're going to listen to some music. Thanks again, Racers Alley, for uh, letting us use your space. Sorry that you're not here this week. I hope you're out racing motorcycles somewhere. That would be super cool. Uh, I'll actually play some more of the Mutiny Radio commercials, and we'll be right back with comedy here during Racers Alley. MutinyRadio.fm and .sf Hi you, poetry reader. This is Bjork's sister, Mjork. It's okay. We also have a soul and a weekly poetry reading on Mutiny Radio's AltaCast. Zoomed every Wednesday at high noon from Glasgow, Scotland. One of our co-hosts from Choose Poetry, Choose Life, Andy Talbot, has a new poetry chapbook, Old Wounds, New Skin, which is available at analogsubmission.com now. Go buy it, and don't let the poets lie to you. Once again, that's Andy Talbot's new poetry chapbook, Old Wounds, New Skin, available at analogsubmission.com. Let's watch on with I'm Michael Spiegelman. And I am Carl, not Spiegelman. Join us every Sunday, 2 to 4 p.m. Pacific Standard Time on mutinyradio.fm for Let's Watch a Full Length Movie On. 
Brian. YouTube. We watch the best movies that uh, aren't they good? Well, they're chosen by uh, Here's you. his theme song again. Bye. Okay, bye. Watch Ministry of Lava manages our national lava resources to ensure that we will always have a steady supply of lava to operate the nation's active volcanoes, which in turn power our cities and methamphetamine labs. As a matter of national security, we need to reduce our dependence on foreign lava, which means an expansion of domestic lava drilling. As your chancellor, I will build lava wells all over the country as well as secure access to more lava fields by invading Hawaii. Imagine orange gold spurting out from school playgrounds on the Great Plains and illuminating the Nebraska sky like fireworks on the 4th of July. Magma oozing over the rolling hills of Kentucky. Volcanic ash settling gently over homes in New England like fresh gray snow. If you want global lava markets to continue to be dominated by terriblest regimes like Iceland, Chile, and the Philippines, vote for my opponent, who sits in their back pocket as comfortably as Pahoehoe on the slopes of Kilauea. If you want the United States to stay competitive in the era of peak lava and beyond, then take a chance on the Chancellor. Oh, here's the quote. Hey there, little pussy. Let me get my big boy pants on and really take you on. What a snake in the grass you are. So uh, I'm going to quickly play my rap song that I wrote based uh, called Susan Olsen, based off of Cindy Brady, Susan Olsen, the big Trump supporter from years ago when she got fired. Uh, so this is a, it's a quote. It's me quoting her, and it's a song. 
and it's meant to be a parody, so it's funny. Meet your karma slowly and painfully. Wow. wow. I cannot not like her, that's though. Cindy. Wow. <laughs> that's wow. Cindy. That's Cindy Brady right wow. there. That's a little aggressive for Cindy this Brady. Is this, is, this is how I swear at people when I'm really, really angry. Like, you hear me when I'm on the show and I go crazy, but I don't think I would write it down. She wrote it down and thought about she that wrote shit. It I wouldn't text. I mean, maybe. This is, I, I just want to... I want to... I, I want to send this text out to everybody. I'm just going to read it one more just, time. Yeah, it's just so much fun. Paste and, paste and copy that it's motherfucker. So, it's just paste and copy. Hey there, little pussy. Let me get my big boy pants on and really take you on. What a snake in the grass you are, you lying piece of shit. Too cowardly to confront me in real life. So you do it on Facebook. You are the biggest faggot ass in the world. The biggest pussy. My dick is bigger than yours. Which ain't saying much. What a true piece of shit. Shit. You are lying, <laughs> faggot. I hope you meet your karma slowly and painfully. <laughs> so good. That's the business. Son. So good. I, I, I'm sorry, but the, the only problem is if it she had if she had done that at work, maybe. But she took that shit to the house. Like he got followed and shit. That's no, what really did her in. Cause that's a solid now, message. Okay, here's the thing. There's uh, because I think it's kind of funny. It's super. But funny. I also, I. Uh, Part of me feels like, you know, she... I know that... What? Well, that was a threat. At the end of that, th- she kind of got threatening. Uh, will you switch three and four for me? Because yes. I'm going to do something funny here. Okay. Yeah, I mean... Thank you. But Trump support... I, I think Trump supporters are funny to me, really. I don't think we should take them off the air all the time. Okay. Hold on. I'm going to... This is a... This is a rap rap background we're gonna rap to it <laughs> we'll get a little bit beat hey there little pussy let me get my big boy pants on and really take you on what a snake in the grass you are you lying piece of shit what? too cowardly to confront me in real life you do it on facebook you're the biggest faggot ass in the world biggest uh, pussy uh, pussy pussy what? my dick is bigger than yours which which ain't saying much what a true piece of shit you are lying faggot i hope you meet your karma slowly and painfully Say, uh, slowly and painfully i'm susan olsen oh uh, slowly i said susan slowly olsen. and painfully they call me cindy and brady my name is susan olsen and i love trump today uh, 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 olsen. Uh, uh, brady get it Ready. I hope, uh, I, uh, I sincerely hope you reap all this that you deserve. Karma wise, you pathetic little cunt, you are. Uh, Hell is waiting for you. Enjoy. Uh, Hell is waiting for you. Enjoy. What? Hell is waiting for you. Enjoy. Slowly. What? Slowly. And painfully. My name is Susan Olsen. Susan Olsen. Susan Olsen. Susan Olsen, they call me Cindy. Susan Olsen, Susan Olsen, Susan Olsen, they call me Cindy Brady. I make America great again. Making America great. What a pathetic little cunt you are. Hell is waiting for you. Enjoy. 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 Call me Martin. Enjoy. Enjoy! Susan Olsen, the biggest cunt, Trump's a part of fuck! Uh, you! Enjoy! Uh, Enjoy! Uh, Enjoy! Uh, Enjoy! Uh, Enjoy! Uh, Enjoy! Uh, Enjoy!
Enjoy. Enjoy. That was that was that was good, right? Did we just make a song? Did we just? That was really dope. Did we just make a song? I think that, we did. That was for you, Susan Olson. That was that was fun. I'm glad we I, did I the hope, freestyle. I hope you get. I hope you listen to this. Oh my God. <laughs> um, well, let's we'll finish the rest of the article. But I want to. Uh, well, so that was a song that had George D. Smith on it. He uh, sadly passed away. We think. Well, we know that he passed away. We just don't know when. We're figuring out details. We're gonna have a memorial for him here at mutiny radio coming up soon he was the host of g money and woostein on sunday mornings from 10 to noon and he also guested on a lot of different shows that i was a part of and he was an amazing supporter of the station so uh really sad not to have him on this mortal coil well back to happier things it's comedy uh, Racers Alley isn't in tonight, so they were gracious enough to give us their time. Thanks, Racer Alec and Alex and Wade. Really appreciate that. We've got some comics in the house. We've got some more they're going to be rolling through. And we're going to start it up right now. Mauricio, do you want to go first, sweetheart, or do you not want to go first? Who wants to go first? Mauricio will do it. He'll take the bullet. Who knows what he's going to say? Clap your hands together, everybody, for Mauricio the Whimsical Cholo. So much, Radio Universe. It's always a pleasure being back here. Uh, right, let's see, I'm a little tired. I usually am more perked up when I do two-eighths of mushrooms, but I didn't get any today, so I'm just going to go with this. Uh, one thing I like to talk about right now is that my last name is not Quesada. So if every comedian out there is listening, my last name is not Quesada. Like, stop it with the Quesada. It is not my last name. Uh, if anything that happened is uh, I used to open for hip hop artists in Seattle and uh, out of nowhere Facebook came after us. So they had us like take pictures of our IDs for like our real names and stuff like that. Uh, they didn't know how to read like Mexican information. So they forced my mother's last name on me. Yeah. Crazy. Right. So it was like the show Roots. Have you ever seen Roots? Yeah. Yeah. They put like this black guy and they're like they hit him with a whip and they're like, what's your name? Yeah. And, uh, and the guy's like, my name's. Kumatente, and they're like, what is your name, right, you know? Well, so the same thing happened to me and my friends in Seattle. So they got all the hip-hop guys, and they're like, what is your name? And, you know, Facebook's like, Quicha. And my friend's like, DJ Swerve One. They're like, what is your name? DJ Swerve One. They're like, what is your name? Michael D. Hall. Michael D. Hall, you know? That's what happened to our names with Facebook, man. They're a bunch of piece of shit motherfuckers. I'm in jail for 30 days. Yeah, and, um... Yeah, my last name is Ruiz, Mauricio Ruiz, but I I go by Mauricio. That's the one, you know. Yeah. God, man, it's like gotta denounce a lot of things. Uh, one thing I like thinking about right now is uh, Halloween's coming up. Uh, my my imagination goes in weird places. Uh, one thing I realize is like, which monsters are actually scary and which ones would I survive? You ever think about this one? Right, you know, like the mummy. It's like you just have to run because it just walks slow. It's like I got that one, right? Yeah. And then uh, you got like what um, Frankenstein? He's scared of fire, so it's like, all right, there's a little lighter. I'm still good, right? I always thought like one of the scariest guys. I always thought was uh, Freddy Krueger, man. That one always messed me up a little bit, right? Yeah, because he haunts your dreams, he kills you in your dreams. But then I saw part three where a woman made out with him and he burst into flames. I'm like, now I'm not so scared of him. It's like I'll make out with him to survive. That's not the scariest monster of all time, right? Uh, I remember as a kid, man, like I was in a broken like neighborhood, uh, low income housing, like beat up Mexican kids and beat up black kids. Right. It's like this, it was like a ghetto environment. I remember growing up as a kid. I never was scared of like the monster under my bed. The only thing I was scared of is impregnating the wrong girl. That's the one, you know? Yeah. 
that's the one. It's like, uh, I saw my mother having to raise kids that she never wanted. I was like, yeah, fuck this, man. You know, I'm going to just jack off to Sally Field, right? Yeah. And I've been thinking about Americans a lot, so uh, if you're an American out there, you most likely have bad manners and you're a piece of shit human being, just out the gate. I'm an immigrant, so I can say this. And if you guys get offended in Radio Universe until you guys free my people's kids, then I will care enough about your emotions. I realize that, like, Americans don't have manners. It's like a, it's a big thing that's starting to really piss me off. I can't stand it. If you're an American without manners out there, please get COVID and die. Yeah. I really, I want more people to die. I want death, yes. I don't like anyone without manners. That is a big one. And I realized that the like, most bad influences happen to punk kids is because of the movies that they watch. I realized this one. It's like uh, I, I'm used to working three jobs. I'm an immigrant, man. I had to work for everything my whole life, man. Barely any parents, just me and, and work. I know work. And I realized that like most kids have bad influence like because they watch shit like Star Wars and they think they're Jedis, you know, and they like eat fucking bread on the street corner and think that's life. That's not life, all right? It's like... Uh, I always can work hard because my hero when I was growing up as a kid was Don Cheadle in Hotel Rwanda. Like, that was some hard work ethic. I like that in Hotel Rwanda, like all the people that want to kill everyone, they were like, we're going to kill you and your family. And Don Cheadle's like, right this way. We got a mint on your pillow. And now that is work ethic. Work ethic will heal you in everything that you do. I realize that a lot of punk kids out there that grew up during Fast and the Furious or whatever, they will never be hard workers at all. Uh, like, I always remember in Fast and the Furious, there was like this one scene where they were going to try and jump the semi-truck driver and steal everything that he has. And they had all the fancy equipment. You know what the like the truck driver had? All he had was a shotgun. He almost killed two, two of those guys. He never stopped. He kept going on his route. I'm like, that is a hard worker, man. That is somebody who I want to learn from, you know? Another one is like I started watching Titanic the other day, and it's like, dude, Leonardo DiCaprio is not a fucking hero. This is why we have fucking piece of shit white kids out on the street that can't do anything because they worship Leonardo DiCaprio painting that girl and having sex with her, right? It's like I rewatched that movie. I like Billy Zane, man, the rich guy that tried to shoot him while the shit was going down, man. That guy wasn't that bad. Sure, he, like, believed in his social class, but I remember, like, Leonardo DiCaprio like pretty much saved his lady and they fall on the boat and everyone's accusing him of rape. But Billy Zane believed them. He's like, whoa, you saved my wife. Well, let me invite you to a first class dinner. And you know what that motherfucker does to repay him? He has sex with his wife or his fiance in the basement of Titanic. It's like, if you did that shit after I bought you dinner, I'm shooting you in front of everyone, man, as soon as the ship is going down, right? Again, Americans don't have manners. Do not look up to Leonardo DiCaprio. Motherfucker was sleeping under a, a bridge his whole fucking life, drawing little drawings, you know? Like, and then he fucks people's wives. Like, that's not a hero. That is not a goddamn hero, you know? Yeah. I, I It really uh, it mind boggles me of what people think is genius and, like, what to look up to. Uh, I always like saying that, like, uh, my hero was always uh, my friend Guillermo. I, I don't give high fives that much. I don't give praise too much too often, too. Uh, the real praise I gave was my friend Guillermo. One time he had dust in his face, and uh, he comes from Central America, and he was just like, you know what, I'm tired of this. I'm going to go over there. So he gets over the Mexican border, survives a lot of, like, almost dying, gets through the Mexican border, and then he ends up ending up in L.A., and he's like, this is not enough. And he ends up going all the way to Washington. And his first night there, some of his friends that already immigrated before him, they took him out to a bar, right? He doesn't know any English. And at this bar, he picks up this, like, like a fancy Jewish lady who's a top lawyer, and that night he ends up getting her pregnant. My friend Guillermo now lives in a gated community, doesn't speak any words of English, 
that's it. We don't even talk anymore. He wants me on the other side of the fence. And I go like this, Guillermo, that deserves a high five, man. Nice job. Now that's an accomplishment, you know. We're uh, work ethic. I should just say this, man. Most Americans don't fucking work. Uh, one thing that I love about being on unemployment finally for the first time in my life, I thought that was blasphemy, that I would never do it, is that the one thing that sucked before that is like Americans calling sick so much fucking time, man. It fucking frustrates me, you know? And uh, and this is one thing, man. I'm a proud Mexicali Mexican. We're a different fucking breed. We're not Chicanos. We don't give a fuck about, I don't know. I like that over here, like a Chicano will be like, what set you claim, motherfucker? I'm like, ah, do you think we have blue and red hats in Mexicali? We care about money, you know? Like, we'll kidnap you for money, you know? That's what we do, you know? I, don't, I got no time to care about that. And like, um, and I'm a hardworking Mexican, so it's like I never call in sick. That's what I'm known for in work. I'll never call in sick because if I do, that means I'm letting down my family. I'm, d I'm letting down, like, my culture. Like, I cannot call in sick. I remember one time I was hanging out with these sorority girls and they got me fucked up on barefoot wine and whipped cream shots, right? You know, so I got fucked up and felt like a bitch all at the same time, right? You know, and uh, and I remember once it was all over, they were going to drop me off home. They dropped me off home. I, I lie down. My alarm clock goes off and then I start going to work and my, and my roommate calls me at the time. He's just like, dude, calling sick, man. You're still fucked up, man. You're going to get fired, man. Calling sick. And I was like, I can't call in sick. Because I'd be laying down my family and my culture. So I did what every real Mexican does in that situation. I turned my Mexican autopilot on, and I went in, and I fucking killed it, goddammit. I washed the dishes. I cleaned the tables, right? I called the white hostess mamacita, and I got her pregnant, you know? I did my goddamn job, man. So you're welcome, white people in America, for getting you out of the recession. All right, good talk, guys. Um, all right, that's it. All right, my name is Connor Longsdale. Thank you. the whimsical cholo yes i enjoyed all those stories kunta quinta what is your name dj smooth rex i don't even know what you said but it was very very funny uh awesome yay mauricio thanks for uh, coming out all right you're a nice comedian uh she has a new show coming up here on the station called easy targets clap your hands together everyone for jen garcia <laughs> Hey everybody, this is Jennifer Louise Garcia, but today I'd, li I'd like to be reintroduced as the Great Pumpkins. I don't know, it's the fucking color of my tank top. Yeah. Gotta love boobs. I actually think that Halloween is my favorite holiday. And um, it's always been that way. I decided to get married oh so many years ago, like 20 years ago, and I wanted to get married the day before Halloween to constantly remind me that I didn't want to ruin my favorite holiday and I was scared shitless. <laughs> like I was so scared. This unholy matrimony. So this, I, I actually uh, wanted to talk about clean sets today, if that's even possible. I was reminded about this time I met Tom Cruise in the city, and it was amazing. Um, a friend and I were going to dinner and getting our palms read in North Beach, and we were walking from the financial district up the street, and some... Lady stops us and she says, hey, wait, are you guys interested in a personality test? 
And we're like, oh, that sounds cool. Yeah, tell us more. And the lady starts talking, and I kind of gauge where we're at, and I look above the lady's head, and we're in front of this huge church of Scientology. So I nudge my friend. I'm like, we got to get out of here before we join, you know, something. And so we walk off, and the lady says, no, wait, don't go. We have Tom Cruise. And I turn around, I'm like, yeah, lady, you have John Travolta too, but you are not getting us into your cult. And I turn around, and shit you not, there was Tom Cruise, surrounded by like six feet of security. And he's like a very small, handsome man, very small. And then I said, last samurai sucked. And that was my experience. I figure if I ever needed a group of security and I was like so rich, like Michael Jackson rich, this is like a total fantasy, of course. Like what celebrities would I want to put in my like security team? I would definitely want Bjork. I'm just saying. Because she's so cute and adorable. But then she's not afraid to like attack a motherfucker. I would just surround myself with like, I don't know. Ted Danson, I don't fucking know uh, who my security, celebrity security team would be, but um, let's see, well, uh, I, I feel like, you know, I'm definitely into embracing chaos, so I had a friend, uh, you know, uh, be like a notorious phone thief, and so he would steal people's phones and then text their contacts when they weren't looking. And one night I just said, um, you know what? I completely submit my life to chaos and here is proof. Here's my phone. And then I had to figure out, you know, hey, um, how am I going to explain to my, you know, 18 daughter, um, 18-year-old daughter's best friend that I don't have anal warts? So, like, he was, like, texting people, like, crazy shit. And I was like, you have my phone for 60 seconds. And I was like, thank God he didn't bust into my work email. I was just thankful. But once in a while, I think it's okay to submit your life to chaos and ride that wave for as long as you can. Um, so I, I try to tell people a lot to question their ideas from academia because when COVID first came out, uh, they were talking about tracking and surveillance as a way to deal with the virus, which completely makes sense, but I'm older and I feel like it's kind of big brother. So uh, along a similar line of thinking about questioning ideas from academia, there's colleges on the East Coast that say, hey, um, you can't give consent if you've had two drinks. That's it. So if rape is when someone doesn't give consent and all you need is two drinks, you know, to not be able to do that, then that means, you know, alcoholics are rapey as fuck. It's like changed my whole perspective, sent me straight to AA. I wish that were true, <laughs> just a little bit. Uh, but yeah, I mean, consent is everything. I recently realized, like, someone told me, if you're having an emotional taxing conversation, you should ask for consent. And, and that's the appropriate thing to do. 
consent is everything. I just feel like all of these corporations putting me on hold for hours, they never asked us consent. They didn't ask us consent for automation. I feel ear-raped by AT&T constantly. I don't know. Um, I'm trying to, you know, I'm trying to um, learn how to live with other people right now. I have like three roommates. At the beginning of COVID, I was staying in an Airbnb and I had, a, had to work out whether or not I was gonna stay with 10 strangers during shelter in place or move up north to live with two psychologists who were in the middle of a breakup and that was rough. I was sure I was gonna come out of that situation like diagnosed with something or in like a polyamorous relationship, one or the other. It was beautiful though. It was like the most communicative like breakup I've ever seen. Anyway, uh, thanks for having me. That's my time. I'm your friend, your main boy. Jennifer Louise Garcia, everybody. Yay. Radio.fm and .sf. If you're listening to this and you're wondering where Alex and Wade are for Racers Alley, uh, they're not here this week. And we thank them for letting us take over and do some comedy because we're addicted to stage time, and that's how that works. Your next comedian, another funny lady, working her stuff out. Clap your hands in a wild slappy-like motion for Alexandra Valentini. Hey, you guys. Yeah, Alessandra here from Italy. And since you guys already heard this many times on the radio station, I'm going to repeat myself. I'm Italian. We brought you a lot of good things, didn't we? We brought you good food. Didn't we brought you great food? Pasta, pizza, all the good stuff. Come on. You know, great ice cream, great music from Opera, and all the shit, the movies, great Fellini's movies. Anyway, we are like still basking on the glory of the past because we also brought you fascismus with Mussolini, another glory of the past. And before that, the Roman, another big glory of the past. But now, we're full of shit, because Italians are the shit of Europe. In fact, it's like that big, like, big stivale, the like big boots that, it's like a big pipe that goes down the, the toilet, in, which is the ocean, the, the Mediterranean Ocean, you know? Give a kick to Sicily, yeah. We are, in fact, Mariccio always talks about because racism is, racism is between white people. You know how many white people are in Europe? There is Italians, French, Germans, Nord people, Spanish people, Greek people, even Turkish. They're still white. We're all white. Then Caucasian, like the Norwegian, the whiter fuck. And then there is the North African. Some of them are still white. And I'm like, you know how racist we are with one another? You know? Who are the racist? We with the gypsy, which are the whitest shit on earth. You see the gypsy when I grew up? They were like the emaciated, most white albino little kids. You would see them at eight years old say, can do you do, do you have some blow job? I'm like, what? I'm like, that? Yeah, that back in the 70s, that was the shit. You know, little kids. They lived in this big slum city that 
that were turned down, was turned down completely by the government. And I don't know where those fucking gypsy ones goes. But when we see those white as fuck kids all emaciated and dressed in raggedy clothes, we would be like, ew, they're fucking gypsy. They were the whitest. The whitest shit on earth. You have not seen anything more white than that. And they were like considered the poop. And we were considered the shit from the, I don't know, the French, the, 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 the what's it called? The, uh, what's that state where you can do anything? Uh, Switzerland. Swiss people <laughs> consider us the poop because back in the, after the war, we had to immigrate up there to work because we were the workforce. We worked like horses. We are good workers, just like Mexican, right, Maurice? We are, and we went up there <laughs> to work. So we were considered the working class that worth like nothing. We were zero. Anyway, so we got our shit going on with the racism. It's really bad. So we became very racist, too. And as I said, we were very racist with those little white kids, the poor things, you know. We see them, we're like, that's them. Go away. Yeah, Italy is weird because um, coming from Italy, you know, you have a lot of things. You, We're all born with this genetic disease, the usual, you know. We got that Catholic guilt. That's real shit. It really affects your genetic for life because you're going to be – guilty for everything, everything, especially women, especially if you have sex, especially if you have fun. If you have some fun, the Catholics, you're, that's it. You're damn in hell with Satan, that's it. VIP line there with Satan. And I'm like, damn, all those beautiful women with Satan, they must have a fucking orgy down there. They was, they're having a lot of fun. But I'm sure Satan, it's not down there with all the women that had, all the slot that like to have sex in Italy. No, no. There's real motherfuckers in hell. I'm going to keep myself more clean so I can be in a clean show. So there is real bad people in hell. Very bad. <laughs> Very bad. And I'm sure Satan sometimes wants to hire somebody to wipe and whip. Not wipe, but whip. Wipe after. After the whipping, there's the wiping. But first you whip somebody's buttons, the ass, you know. So he might be tired of whipping ass every day, all day long with all those bad people, all those bad people. So I'm like, you know, why don't you hire a dominatrix? Why don't you bring some really bad, angry dominatrix down in hell and whip asses all day long? I'm like, do you think that a dom, after she'd been whipping asses all her life for money, do you think she want to do wipe ass, whip asses with Satan in hell? Would you like that? Well, maybe maybe it's cathartic, but I think maybe a Karen, an angry housewife, some, like, some people like that, they'll probably like to have an experience with Satan whipping asses, I'm sure. You know. In the meantime, probably like all the dominatrix will like to be put it in some other department in hell like uh, the fluffy kittens, which will probably have hair made of acid, you know, or they're probably all chopped in pieces because, you know, that's hell, you know. You don't have nice things in hell. You have horrible, gory stuff. So you have chopped childrens and chopped kittens. And that's hell, you know. That, you know, that's where all the gory stuff goes. Yeah, you know. Um, 
Yeah, being Italian is also pretty bad because women in Italy are renowned to be crazy bitches. And we are really bad crazy bitches. In fact, I went to the doctor myself asking the doctor if I can get a cure. You know, I'm like, doctor, I'm really crazy. I want something that makes me more American. And the doctor is like, uh, Miss Valentini, you see, you, you're Italian. You, you don't have... You're no, 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 I want to be more American. He's like, for that, you're going to get a, like, get a pickup truck, go yourself, get yourself a gun, and then you'll find. I'm like, no, doctor, I need some medication. But it turns out I'm not good with medication. I'm actually not good with drugs at all. So the best drugs is actually my own shit, the inner stuff. That's my best drugs. I can't drink. Because I forget shit. I can't smoke because I really forget everything. So the best drugs of me is my own self. I am my own drug. I have one minute left. One. I want to tell one last joke. I found out I am my friend's, my young friend's favorite sex fetish. The stepmom. I did. I found out. I'm not kidding. I'm not kidding. And I think that, you know, it's pretty cool because I'm like, you know, sex with younger people. It's, uh, you know what about sex with younger people? Because a lot of people are like, no, you can't have sex with younger people. That's not good because you could be her mom. I'm like, you kidding? I could be her mom? Are you fucking kidding? You know, I tell you about younger men. The, the age difference get erased completely when you see the size of their boners. The size of their boner erase every age difference. There is absolutely no age difference at all. That's it. And that was my time. Thank you. Next, that was a, the, the TED talk in the beginning was very informative. I learned a lot about uh, gypsies and uh, and Italy. Uh, it was it was exciting. I felt like I was like my junior high social studies teacher was teaching me all about stuff. That was informative, wonderful. Uh, your next comedian, hey, she runs a great show tomorrow night at Milk Bar. There's a seven o'clock and a nine o'clock show. It's twenty five dollars a person. You should look it up. Milk Bar, and it's called Parklet Funnies, or I don't know. You, you oh, it's Parklet something. But okay, lights and punchline. I should get the name right. But it's uh, it's a Milk Bar. You can look it up at Milk Bar. And uh, she's super funny. Put your hands together, everybody, for Drea Myers. <laughs> Damn, that's like if I was trying to give a recommendation of your shit, and I was like, go to McDonald Radio in the mission. McDonald Radio. You know what I mean? It's like, bro, if you're going to give a shout out, get the name right. Shit. Or what's the point? What the fuck are we doing here? <laughs> Speaking of dominatrix. <laughs> yeah, <speak super> <laughs> Dude, I would love to be a dominatrix. Look at this coat. Hello. <laughs> I know it would be a good one. I'm yeah. I'm built like a WNBA player, so I feel like men would hella pay me money to do that shit. But the reason I don't want to do it, you know what's so funny too is my aunt owns an S and M bed and breakfast in Salinas, you guys. You you know that one? Oh my god, you know my aunt then. Yeah. <laughs> My aunt is this crazy gypsy lady, and she owns an S&M bed and breakfast. Yeah. 
I'm fucking serious, dude. <laughs> I'm fucking dead serious. She came to the improv. She came to the improv, watched me, and then she she told the headliner, she was like, I own an S&M bed and breakfast if you ever want to come by. I was like, stop talking to the headliner about that shit. <laughs> so that shit's in my family, so I, I could do it. But, uh, <laughs> but there's a couple things I don't want to do. Number one, I don't want to tie people up just because that's a lot of fucking work, you know what I mean? It's a lot of physical labor. I don't want to do all that. And number two, I don't want to piss or shit on anybody. <laughs> that's my ground rules. <laughs> that's my ground rules. <laughs> the only reason I want to piss and shit on people is because I don't want to have to do the cleanup, you know what I mean? That's a lot of cleanup. Um, <laughs> ah. But I would love to like slap dudes in the face and call them a bitch and tell them fuck you and all that shit. I think that would be super fun. And you don't even have to touch their boners, right? You just cuss them out and slap them around a little bit. Dude, I'm down. Fucking 250 an hour. Let's go. Anybody listening to this <laughs> this broadcast right now, hit me up. Hashtag Drea.Myers on Instagram. <laughs> what else? Older men. I like older men. Um, <laughs> I did make out with a 25-year-old last night, though, so that's funny that you were saying you can't tell their age. Just go by their boners. <laughs> that shit was hilarious. Um, I like older men. I like when they have really gray hair, but then they have a super hot face. I'm just like, oh, it's like a well-aged bottle of whiskey. You know what I mean? I just want to take him down off the shelf, dust him off, and remind him what it's like to be swallowed. Uh, I was making out with this 50-year-old in his car the other day, and then <laughs> at one point I went to reach down and grab something in his pants. It was like something hard in his pants, and then he was like, that's my wallet. <laughs> and I was like, I know. <laughs> I know, that's what I was trying to grab. <laughs> um, you know what I hate, though, is when I'm talking to older men in public, just, like, casually, right? Like, I went to this holiday party, and I was talking to this, like, older dude by the uh, food table, and we were talking about cheese. And I hate when they just, like, randomly bring up their wife or their girlfriend for no reason. You know what I mean? We were talking about cheese, and he was like, well, my wife, Heather, loves white cheddar. And I was like, bro, calm down. We're not even to the sausages yet. <laughs> fucking chill out. <laughs> I was like, bro, it's fucking a super shallow topic. It's like cheese. We're talking about cheese. Like, wait until the conversation's at least deep enough to stick your dick in before you bring up your wife or your girlfriend. You know what I mean? Also, though... Men do that as a way to, like, put you down and be like, stop talking to me. But for me, that doesn't work because I've been single for, like, eight years. So telling me you have a wife or a girlfriend is, like, pretty much the same thing as telling me you have a dog at home. I'm just going to be like, cool, what breed? <laughs> That's it. <laughs> I just need to know how big this bitch is, and I need to know her temperament. You know what I mean? Uh, Okay, she attacks me while I'm eating her food. Uh, what else? Dude, I did a lit-ass show in Sacramento last night, you guys. It was like fucking 60 people indoors. 
<laughs> uh, no, I won't say it was 60. I'll say it was probably like, it's probably like 40. 60 is a lot. It was like 40 people. <laughs> Bro. <laughs> All fucking crazy ass Sacramento people. And I tried to do my ovulating joke and I, the whole room was like, <gasps> off the premise that's how sheltered they are in sacramento that's how fucking sheltered and repressed they are you talk about ovulating and they fucking freak out the whole room was like <gasps> and then three dudes that were in the front row just got up and walked out <laughs> they just fucking walked because <laughs> i said i was ovulating <laughs> And then when th they walked out single file, too. And then when they were walking out single file, I was like, all right, ladies, take a good look, because those are all the men in the room who don't eat pussy. <laughs> and they fucking started, they were like, oh, shit. And then I was like, give it up for the train of non-pussy eaters, everyone. And then they all clap. Because <laughs> I didn't know what else to do. I was like, fuck, fucking watch people, shit. <laughs> I think that's it, man. How much time did I do? I think I'm good. Thank you so much, man. Clap it up for Pam Benjamin. Drea Myers, everyone. Drea Myers. And I'll read it straight off the Eventbrite. Outdoor stand-up comedy at the Milk Bar, Parquet Punchlines. That's every Friday at 7 and 9 o'clock. You can get your tickets on Eventbrite. $25 gets you two drinks and a meal. Such a steal. And really, really great lineup every week and two different lineups. So check it out. Outdoor stand-up comedy at the Milk Bar. Park at Punchines. Yeah, see? I can do it right. Uh, I'm going to do a couple jokes, and then we'll get out of here. Yay, me. Yay me. Uh, I am wearing my actual high school letterman jacket. Oh, wow. Yeah, from 1992. It has my actual name on it, Pam Benjamin. Yeah, I like to wear this uh, so I can remember how much promise I had. <laughs> Just to remind myself what a failure I am to my parents, which is a lot of fun. I turned 46 in two days. And uh, I just got saved by the state of California. Thank you, unemployment. Yay! Angels on the phone. I'm convinced that every unemployment phone worker was once a suicide phone operator because they have talked me off the ledge so many times now. <laughs> like, I was crying today with happiness. I was like, you're amazing. You've saved a small business. I hope that they're recording this and you can all listen to it later. I'm so excited. And there's tears and there's tears. And my cats are looking at me like, are you okay? Yes, I'm fine. Uh, I am a disappointment to my parents. I never won the science fair. Either one of you ever win the science fair? No, not science fair winners. I always wanted to. I don't want to have kids because that would be terrible, but I do want to kidnap one for like three weeks because I have some fucking great science fair ideas. Ha <laughs> ha! And I want to win. I want to win through someone else's child and be like, ha ha, see, I was smart and brilliant. I had all the important ideas. You just couldn't hear them. Uh, one of my newest... I'm really excited about this idea. I, I'm, I'm kind of an alcoholic. I don't know about you guys. Throw up in the morning ever? Love vomit in the morning? Yeah, sometimes, sometimes. All right, real alcoholics in the house. Clap it up. Good, great, cool. So my science idea is that when I wake up in the morning and I just have to drink water, right? And so I get a 10-ounce glass of water at, say, 38 degrees, and I pound it. And then in 23 minutes, I vomit into a cup 
and then I have a child take the temperature of the water, and we find out how many calories I burned being an alcoholic. Imagine the charts and graphs. Because if it takes, if it takes 36 minutes to vomit the water, and it's at a higher temperature, that means I burn more calories because a cow, do you guys remember chemistry? No, no chemistry, okay, you didn't win the science fair. <laughs> a calorie is one bit of water by one degree is it anyway. It's, real, it's a real science joke. Uh, my other idea is more anthropological because I think that everything in our entire world is lies because the T-Rex bones were put back together wrong. Like imagine the T-Rex right now, the biggest, coolest dinosaur, and he's, he's on two legs. The hubris of man to put the bones back together so he's on two legs. It makes no sense because if you think about the T-Rex bones right now, he has an articulated spine from his head to his tail, but then he's got that weird hip cap that like forces him over, and he has those weird little faggy arms up front. What the fuck is this? What is it? He can't even feed his own face with these tiny arms. What is the point? Now I say, if you flip that hip cap around, it makes a breastbone, and those big, beefy legs become big, beefy wings. Wah! And you move those little arms, and they become legs. Every bird you've ever seen, big body, tiny legs. T-Rex was a dragon. T-Rex flew. He was a dragon. Why else do we have all this dragon mythology? You've got St. George and the dragon. The Chinese people fucking love dragons. you got the Japanese with, like, dragon tattoos. Even the Danish people. Girl with the dragon tattoo. Dragons, dragons, dragons. Why? T-Rex was a dragon. I feel like I can prove it with a small child. At least I can convince them. The, the last idea I have for winning the science fair, and I've been trying to you know, talk to veterinarians in Davis because I need access to some goats, right? We take all of our weed trash and we feed it to the goats because they've done studies that THC comes out in breast milk. So then we can make TH goat cheese and goat cheese yogurt and then it's a thing, and so it's animal husbandry with a child winning the science fair, and then we can get all the judges high, and then I win! So that's exciting. And then that judge, that joke goes into the part about, actually it's my body, it's 100% consent-based milk, blah, 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 blah. What was my other science fair idea I had when I came up with? I can't remember now, I smoked too much weed. Cool, thank you guys for hanging out. Um, this was super fun. We'll get out of here and go head over to this uh, fucking Pete Ballmer mic. This weekend's going to be really great. Tomorrow um, there's 6 o'clock open mic, 7 o'clock show here. Then de I definitely go to Milk Bar for Drea's 9 p.m. thing, 7 and 9 either way. Get your tickets now. And then on Saturday we have a show here at 6 o'clock. And I don't know who's going to be on it because I'm being kind of laissez-faire. But um, it's going to be fun because, I don't know, supposedly the people that know me from real life are going to come and watch us all do comedy so that'll be super fun and now that I have my permit I'm allowed to do this legally with the <laughs> with the city I'm allowed to none of the neighbors can be all pissed because it's like I can't like look 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 I have a permit and we agreed we're gonna be clean we're clean okay thanks all for being here uh good night yay muni radio
by Print everybody. Print it out for me. What Thanks. about Piano Fight? Piano Fight tonight? And, and Fats and Oh, Easton. see, I haven't, uh. I've been working on Tuesdays at Bender's, so I haven't been out on a Tuesday night hmm. in forever. So hmm. I really don't know, like, the Tuesday, Wednesday Hey, welcome here at Mutiny Radio and Rachel's Alley, and I'm sitting here trying to get the do two things at once and push record. Uh, 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 uh. Anyhow, it doesn't seem to be working. All right, we're starting off with the technical difficulties. Yay, that's always cool. And why is that music still going on in the background? Well, Milk Crate's here, so we ought to be figuring out something soon. Uh, let's see here. Yep. So, welcome here to Rachel's Alley. Actually, you know, we can get jarring and all of a sudden it's 20 minutes later. But uh, anyhow, uh, Wade, myself, and Mo Crate are here having a good time and uh, just shooting the shit about racing and what's going on and uh, how everything else is going. Uh, 
Smoke crate. How's that ninja you're riding? It's fantastic. I love it. Yeah, it's like a only eight thousand miles on that thing. Uh, I see racing coming. Get on a track. Go have yeah, some fun. Yeah, <laughs> I, I really want to talk to Fun Track Dave Man about that because <laughs> he was trying to goad me out there on my KLR. I think on a 250, it'd be a lot more fun. For sure. Actually, um, you know, right now, slow bikes are pretty much the big deal. And um, yeah, I mean, if you look not at like AFM I'm be able and to such. use all that 250 on my 310 out there anyway. No, um, I generally say um, uh, the best way, uh, pin it, close your eyes, throw it into a turn. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so you can use the full power that way. You know, it's nice wishful thinking. Uh, we got some music going on in the background, or is that just my head? That's your head. Okay. Um, <laughs> Yeah, Lasha too, man. I, I guess it's my feeling. Must be the communists, but uh, we'll work on that. Anyhow, um, boy, oh boy. Um, like I said earlier, uh, Pedro is going to be calling about the San Pedro Martir uh, races going on in Baja, as well as the Baja International Tourist Cup. And I'm I'm very happy to say that I was just talking to Wade, and uh, Wade's planning on going out there as well. I didn't want to go alone, so there we are. We are welcome, Wade. <laughs> there yeah. you go. Yeah, it's like uh, it makes me so happy. I have no idea, and uh, uh, I really like the idea of that DTR one. Um, he uh, with that particular motorcycle ended up um, revolutionizing, I guess, in a certain respect, uh, the, the the Sacramento Mile or the Mile and uh, dirt dirt tracking that way, uh, which uh, the first kind of a first super bike I would say that would be on a on a on a on a, on a single uh, dirt track, yeah. That I know of that w is successful. <laughs> <laughs> How about that? Well, it, it, you dialed it in. I was there, you know, one of the first years, and it, I mean, mm. it, it took four years, but uh, that thing is really really nice now. You know, yeah, ready yeah. to rock. I mean, uh, after after everything, the exhaust. Uh, I think uh, Zeke uh, really uh, did a nice job welding that together. It screams going down the down the uh, front straight. Uh, I think that's even on YouTube right now. So for from what I've uh, seen, uh, you can catch Wade on uh, Wade Boy DTR one. I think. Yeah, something like that. There's a there's a couple. Of them. Basically, go go with my name, but uh, was, uh, Dave DeVoe has one also. Um, it was a couple of years we didn't do it, and it was, it was one. I think it was the last year. Um, somehow it, it destroyed itself. We saw it, and then it, it blinked off. <laughs> what do you mean? The video disappeared? Yeah, the video disappeared. All our all the latest ones, which were some really good racing. Um, but, anyhow, all of them are really good. Um, most everybody's on a single. There's a couple twins, but the twins aren't fast enough. Um, they're uh, like old Viragos, I believe. Uh, well, there's, there was there was two people with Viragos, and they're doing r really good. Um, I, I guess there's some triumphs and stuff, but anyhow, the fast guys are on singles. In the, I'm running uh, one of three different classes. The 30, 30 it's an eight age class. <laughs> <laughs> the young guy yeah, class. The young guy class, thirty five <laughs> years old, fifty years old, and uh, sixty years old. Now I'm illegal for all of them, and it's uh, any bike, any year. Any size, anything you want to bring out. That's and true. If you're 50, you can join a 30 or 40 class, huh? Yeah. Well, yep. that's the advantage. And, <laughs> and it's still the same same thing. So those are three classes that I pick on. Nice. Um, I b usually have one bike. Uh, I work on two. Anyhow, you know, I built the DTR one just to do the mile, which is now the Sacramento mile. Yes. I don't care where it is. Um, I, w I want to one one at uh, Stockton, 
And then they w- they changed to Sacramento. Sacramento has long straightaways. And ah, okay. And, and, and who is that? <laughs> Must um, be a phone thing. Yeah. So anyhow, <laughs> I, I built it built it for that. Um, all of every most everybody's on singles. They they run what what you normally flat track with. My dad told me once upon a time some of these guys build special bikes just for the mile. So anyhow, that's what I did. Well, yeah. I mean, uh, the frames was the Rickman frame. I mean, there was a lot. Uh, the yeah, Rickman frame, Champion frame. Yeah, there's a lot of um, night frame. There's a whole bunch of trick stuff yeah. that everybody used to do. Now you pretty much take a motocrosser and put little wheels on it and do a couple things. It, yeah. It's changed again. But nobody's really selling twins. So the twins, of they're still there, but now they're vintage. They're not really going any faster. The singles are, are faster until um, you get one built up where you bring out something modern. I took out my SV and it's like, with a little little more effort, I could win this class. Even SV on 1000 that thing. then. Uh, yeah. Like a, what, a 2000 or something? It was, was my street bike. O- O2. It's O2. what I could get my hands on. Uh, nobody's handed me really a race by Carly. Actually, I was in I was in uh, Lodi a couple years ago, and I got to ride a couple Triumphs and did really good. It was great. Nice. You, want, you want to ride this Triumph? I'd love to ride that Triumph. My dad rode a Triumph. I don't know what, that was, what uh, they're what like. The Cervetti bike? No. Uh, he was on a, had a single, Honda single, and this was somebody basically out of Lodi and Stockton and stuff. Mm. Um he had this. Uh, he had two bikes that he was running, and I got to ride the second one because the sec- second guy didn't show up, and I believe it was a, a old Brelsford bike. Ooh, and nice. he has a killer collection. He's got this big old barn. He's got other stuff, but he's got this barn with all the cars and bikes and everything that you would want in it. <laughs> you know, <laughs> a dream, a dream uh, hot ride. rods, this, that, whatever. He collects Harleys. He's got Sal Hoffman's old Harley. Oh, that's where he went. Oh, boy. Yeah. <laughs> I never got to ride one of those yet. yet. So I had you know, R1's girl in my neighborhood, and that's what I got a deal on. And I was told it wouldn't work. And I played with it, and, and I made it work. That's right. We had a little bit of an issue, and it always, all it was, I still talk to this day to Sean about it, one washer, a little washer, um, created a little bit of a devil in there. And I'm hoping that's something that's uh, with my ZX636 race bike, same thing, keeps overheating. Something somewhere, just a little thing, but yeah, there, yeah, yeah. It's a little tiny. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, yeah, that's great. And uh, that, that the DTR1, folks, um, listeners, um, uh, wait, it's a it's a 2000, I think, a four five, or five, five. 2005 YZFR1. Uh, basically, it doesn't have any of the bodywork on it. It's been totally modified. Uh, but it's basically stock. It is. <laughs> it's, it's got. It's, it's only I got 160 yeah. horsepower as a. I took all the fairings off, changed the handlebars, okay. used Virago handlebar mounts, drilled two holes in the chop triple clamp, boom, boom, put on some handlebars, got new. Uh, longer lines and stuff, throttle cables and stuff. If you pull the disc brakes off, which I did, there's these really sharp edges, so I had these giant washers, non-discs, is what I call it, made. So there's nothing sharp, and it's like a spool. Okay. Uh, you put that where the discs be- were. Yeah. So it doesn't hurt anyone. Yeah. If nice. anybody was to get down there, whatever, when tech goes down there, I, like I rolled my bike into tech, and it's like I didn't have a proper bike, so, uh, so I felt like he goes, this is a proper bike. 
<laughs> well, actually, it's a one of a kind, I believe. And and built properly. I've got stuff safety wired. It's got this and that. Everything's right. You know, Yamaha did a really good job. Did he use a stock frame? I sure did. Yeah, it's 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 a looker as well. And like I said, especially with the exhaust, uh, it was welded on nice. Uh, it was it it and it screams. It, it's just made just to go fast. And you look at it, it's it's a nice bulldog. And you you listen to the videos and and folks who. Um, you know, have come around because when it first came out, pissed off a couple of people. But uh, you know, it's a rung with your prung. Sorry, you know, just because you were here for whatever, right? Uh, yeah. Winning for ten years doesn't mean you doesn't you there's a new sheriff in town and uh, rung with your prung, and they didn't like the idea of having new machinery, I believe. And yeah, uh, they didn't know what to say. And well, well, <laughs> there's, there's one guy that's squawking, uh, yeah, Mr. Chihuahua. Uh, he's <laughs> a, he's on a totally tricked out Honda 350 single. Got all kinds of old guy helpers and everything, and and dude's really fast. And and, and I found him in turn one in first place, and so I waved when I went by. <laughs> <laughs> uh, if you look at uh, a lot of Wade's videos, actually, I just can't say it's a DTR one, but it's usually on a front wheel. So uh, yeah, that's the thing about the I guess the flat tracking is it allows you to just be on a wheel like half the time. Well, almost. <laughs> so uh, it didn't wheelie at first for a couple of years. Um, I was running a higher gear. I was doing this. I okay. was doing that. It actually blew up the second year. Yeah. Um, because it uh, it wasn't put together right. It was put together out and of three dead motors, and dude got yelled at and was not allowed to put in new bearings, if any way, shape, or form. <laughs> and then dude said, "Don't blow up my motor." Well, it lasted 18 miles. <laughs> and then and then it made a lot of funny noises, and I had a single. <laughs> and I pulled off the track, you know. So anyhow, we rebuilt it. It's it's basically stock. I got a new crank, new rods, new everything, new, all new bearings. Um, uh, Ned put it together and and kissed it, and it's been running great. I put twenty to fifty miles on it a year. Yeah, uh, yeah, and it's a wonderful twenty or fifty miles uh, a year. And just like racing, you know, I mean, we can sit here for two years but uh, when a race comes up you know the two years were worth it i mean even if it's 10 minutes i mean uh yeah. right now myself i haven't been doing a, a whole lot in a long time and uh i'm really really looking forward to the san pedro martir because uh as a road racer you really don't have a chance to road race uh i was lucky when i was living with wade um in 2010 uh, he got invited by um uh, uh argentinian argentinians and uh, we got to go over to Copina mm. and race, and uh, yeah, you David know, uh, yeah, David Paredes, and uh, um, it was just a very unique experience. I mean, I've always thought road racing happened at the Isle of Man or England. I mean, uh, Ireland uh, proper, and uh, South America right now is uh, starting to. St I think that's a trend that I, I hope catches on that a lot of the countries decide to take on because they have wonderful roads and. Uh, like I said, uh, Argentina, Copina, that's a wonderful place. Oh, my God. And uh, right yeah. now, uh, we're going to go to Mexico and, and uh, do the San Pedro Martir. And uh, the Baja International Tourist Cup is coming up. And, uh, again, you know, uh, South America is uh, Mexico, South America. Road racing, it's on our continent. It would be really, really easier than uh, Wade's been to Australia and New Zealand and everywhere else. Uh, I'll, I mean, that costs a lot of money. I mean, at least we can drive. Uh, partway down there, that type of thing. So look, really, really look forward to road racing down there, and uh, we're getting new opportunities. You know, yeah, yeah, really, really neat. 
So um, let's take a short break, and uh, we should probably get a phone call here soon. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Milk Crate, what do you got going on? I see a red album and a black album. Uh, we've got Roxy Music next. Roxy Music, sure. <laughs> Anyone there? <laughs> All right, we dropped our first phone call of the evening. Let's try it again. Mm. Sorry, Pedro. <laughs>
I heard nothing but music on that. Gotcha. No problem. Pedro, I'm sorry. I, I definitely owe you a 12 pack or something. Yeah, just tell me, tell, tell me what you want from the U.S. It's yours. You are. It's under 12 bucks, but yeah. Sorry, mate. Anyways, uh, yeah, you know, uh, we here at Mutiny Radio, and uh, especially Racers Alley, you know, we kind of go with it. And uh, sometimes you kickstart it, starts at the first kick, and sometimes you foul a plug, and uh, just goes both ways. Yar yar. Um, so anyhow, uh, Pedro should be calling back, hopefully. I'm sorry about the disconnect from uh, our, uh, I guess, technical difficulties. But anyhow, um, yar yar, where were we? We were uh, rocking. We were rocking. <laughs> All right, wait. <laughs> so like I said, it really uh, it really takes a load off with uh, uh, Wade uh, wanting to come down to the San Pedro Monteiro Hill Climb as well. Um, big thing is, uh, you know, getting a car out there, getting a truck out there, getting all the uh, logistics, and uh, Pedro will go over as well. You want to have all your paperwork and such, and uh, if you have an older truck, you better bring extra hoses and water and all that good stuff. I mean, uh, 
Wade, you've always been going on with uh, old uh, campers and uh, your vans and everything else in the world. I don't think you've ever had a new car going far away. <laughs> new? Yeah. No. So not, not new. Part of, part of racing's getting You keep working there. at it, but new, yeah. no. And uh, uh, last couple of years, I've been actually uh, borrowing Milk Brake's truck, uh, nice Toyota as well, which has been very nice. Mm -hmm. and, uh, Fantastic truck. Uh, the nicest thing I got was like cool Van Halen sticker, dude. Yeah, they really, really like the hell out of and that. And you liked it so much you bought your own, huh? Right. And, uh, yeah, so Chad's got that truck. He's working on it, getting it together. And uh, so, you know, going far, you do have to have a proper transportation. And sometimes as a privateer, you don't have the new stuff. Uh, a lot of times in the um, in the uh, pits nowadays, what you see, you see some really nice motorhomes and stuff, you know. I mean, AFM yeah. Racing, privateer, I was like, holy shit. Uh, yeah, yeah, seven, 70 AFM grand setup. <laughs> yeah, yeah, AFM has a, a pretty impressive uh, uh, pit setup. Yeah, collection. So <laughs> they, they, they did a Armored two days, and then they did an AFM two days. And there was actually a big difference. I stayed ah. there and saw the difference between the two. Well, there are definitely and two different organizations. Arma is an American Historical Motorcycle Racing Association. Yeah, and they're out of the East Coast, really. Yeah, East Coast, and they I think they have three different segments here in the United States. Uh, wonderful bikes, uh, yeah. all classic and such. Yeah, all kinds of older stuff. Everybody's really nice. They go all over the country, and and uh, um, I think a bunch of them are retired and stuff. And <laughs> <laughs> how yeah. can you afford to do that? And well, to I'm, yeah. it was it's it's great, and and a lot of them go up and and get. You know, a whole bunch of trophies. Like, you know, they all enter three and four classes. It's great. Well, that's the thing. I mean, um, certain classic bikes, you can order uh, or enter different classes. Um, yeah. Like you were mentioning earlier, Wade, I didn't know. I was like, oh, you are enter 50 class. That means you can enter the 30 and 40 class because you got seniority. So, yeah, all right, yeah, you can always take advantage of that uh, loophole, I guess. <laughs> yeah, they, there's some where they just have classes by by bike and stuff also but in the old days that's all how they did it but now it's kind of changed and yeah so there's three classes that go by age and there's you can ride any bike you can get your hands on and so then yep. yeah you then you got to ride it and then if you really want to beat everybody that's a whole different story because nobody wants to get beat well there's uh yeah the <laughs> right last couple of yeah exactly you know i'm a racer and i hate being uh, faster or slower than slowest but uh it happens and, uh, yeah, AFM, last couple of years, I've been running, uh, well, I, I, I'm a novice still, and I haven't even been able to get past a race. But, uh, yeah, the Formula 50 class, boy, uh, Formula 4050. We got folks like Montano out there, you know, kicking everyone's ass, the Corey Calls and stuff. And, you know, um, yeah, uh, guess what? Yeah, Racing them older guys doesn't mean you're going to be going slower. <laughs> yeah. Some of those guys never stopped racing. Exactly. And, <laughs> and, and, and you'd think it's great and everything. Yeah, I, got, uh, I was at Button Willow, and uh, one of our older guys, this guy was two years older than me, took me out in the bus stop. I know, and, I and asked and you. I was like, a young kid? goes no you're older than me alex i was like what <laughs> i think he forgot his glasses or so yeah yeah, yeah. Stop. <laughs> it's like anything else so and so um sidecars are a similar thing they're all on 600 nowadays nowadays it makes it all much closer racing and stuff and when i was race, i did a couple races at buttonwell afm and stuff the most dangerous spot is the the bus stop and them hairpins or whatever where people got to get on the brakes, and if there's two people going in together, you can't run into each other. 
Uh, you mentioned it's really that. Very simple. Very simple. Well, you've been going out, and uh, yeah, you mentioned that happened uh, uh, last time you were out on the sidecars. Uh, uh, do people try and uh, occupy the same space? Some sometimes that happens. You try to leave. I'm gonna say a truel or something like that. A little bit of space, <laughs> you know. You, there's rubbing and and then there's running into people, and that, that that's not allowed. Well, uh, yeah, exactly. You know, so well, racing's racing. You can get excited. It's supposed and all. to be sportsmanish, even if even in the professional department, you don't be running over somebody. <laughs> Exciting's exciting. You get all it, excited. It happens sometimes. Yeah, you get yeah. excited. Everybody tries this out, whatever. You know, it's it's not perfect. Yeah, you are racing, but. Season folks yeah. shouldn't do that, but shit happens. <laughs> yeah. Here. Yeah. So, anyhow, um, yeah, I mean, it's as far as racing goes, uh, everyone's, especially right now, I mean, uh, I, I believe the first AFM racing is coming soon, uh, within the next week. Uh, I wish I could be there, but uh, we need to save my money to go to uh, road racing down south. Yeah. Um, July 18th and 19th. Boy, that's that's right around the corner. They're going to be racing them Button Willow, and uh, I love that track. That track's yar. I have a good time. It has good line of sight. It's going to be hot, but uh, it's going to be the first race of the season. I think they're going to have four this year. Um, Which is, it will be good. Good, be good. good for everybody. Yeah. And so everybody is fresh, sort of, and, and in the same mode. And, you know, yeah, they'll put together a great program. Well, the first and ra last races are generally the hairiest, in a sense, and uh, – Everyone getting out there and getting used to stuff. And this year especially has been kind of a, a messed up year. So uh, hopefully everyone takes care of themselves. But uh, as well, you know, racing's racing. So, you know, it's a different mindset than a track day, uh, in, in, interestingly enough. And in many, many different ways, uh, things you didn't think you would do, you will do in a race. Um, you you got to keep your head down more. And uh, generally, um, you got to be on the gas proper. But uh, that being said... Um, yeah, uh, well, I guess the easiest way to put it is uh, we got four races left. Just get through the year, use it as a practice, get to next year. I know I've been advocating for a six-hour endurance race. You know, what do you got with four races? You got a whole lot of nothing. But if you have three races at the end of the the, the fourth race, you have a six-hour endurance race. That gives you something to shoot for. There's nothing like racing for it. 45 minutes an hour at a time. Am I wrong? It's a great yeah, way to have good. laps after lap. Uh, you know, Wade and I have been in endurance race more than a couple of times. You get off the bike, you get on the bike. Um, yeah, you get lap after lap. I mean, a six-hour endurance race would make up for the year that you lost and yeah. also give you something to look forward to. Four races, yeah. second race, you might be dialed in. Third race, you're going fast. End of the year, you're done. So you got four races if you're lucky this year at the AFM. Not bitching yeah. about the AFM. So just say you, you, you just have to add Colorado to the mix. <laughs> Holy moly. It's a phone uh, call. It's a bad phone. Bad look phone. Out, look out. It's either going to be Pedro or Hawk. Here we go. We're going to push the button here in a minute. Hello, hello? Hello, you there? Ah, holy moly, it worked. Oh, boy. Yeah, I pushed the button in harsh. Uh, All right. I'm oh, sorry. that's a deal. Of I screwed up. Uh, who are we speaking with? This is Hawk Mazada. Hey, Hawk Mazada. Uh, we, were, uh, we accidentally hung hung up on Pedro. Uh, uh, 
earlier for the San Pedro de Montero racing down south. So uh, oh, at least we figured this out now. Uh, Hot Nazada, um, my name is Alex Torres Mori. Uh, we got Wade Boyd here in Milk Crate Brian. Um, Wade and I have been around here, you know, road racing and stuff, and uh, uh, have this show over here in San Francisco, California called Racers Alley at Mutiny Radio, which is a, a studio that does comedy and other things in the heart of the mission. And um, boy, you know, uh, we've been connecting on Facebook, and uh, I've been impressed, uh, you know, uh, with what you're doing. Uh, we have a, a regular here, uh, part of our wrecking crew, uh, called uh, Clay Murphy, and he does an organization called firstrights.org, which deals with uh, teaching uh, under, you know, uh, kids who wouldn't normally be able to get on a bike uh, to learn how to ride motocross, everything's donated, all the gear and everything. And I noticed on your Facebook page, um, and uh, you have a similar MX course going on. Yeah. Oh, that's awesome to hear. I didn't know of that. That's super cool to hear what we've got going on. Yeah. The word's going out as far as your class. <laughs> Good. Good to hear. It's it's only been around since the end of last year, but uh, wow. I'm, I'm pushing it. Yeah. Uh, what exactly, um, Hawk, uh, actually, uh, I've had a lot of concussions racing and stuff, but I know you've, <laughs> you've been out there. Uh, can you give us a little bit of your background? Yes, sir. Um, well, I uh, started riding motorcycles at three years old on the old three-wheelers, the old death traps. <laughs> Holy moly. Um, just, uh, you know, rode for fun as kids around the ranch. We, we grew up ranching. Um, and then uh, I moved to Monterey. So I was uh, right there by Laguna Seca. Nice. And uh, I went out, <clears throat> I believe I was 15, and there was a Dennis Pegolo track day going on. Yeah, I remember and it, too. I went out and watched and uh, was blown away by it. Linked up with a couple of guys who were, uh, at the time, racing, um, Joe Carrillo and Al Salveria. Oh boy! Yeah, okay, I was mentioning it with Wade. It was like, you know, Hakwazada, Harir, old school name. I, you know, the only thing I could think <laughs> of was Al Salavaria. And That's yeah, it. okay, so you boys were out yep. there. Okay, yeah, they were out nice. there teaching at school, and um, they came over, and we were chatting, and uh, they said, "Hey, you want to try it?" And I said, "Yeah, I want to try it." So they uh, gathered up some. Al had some leathers, boots, gloves, and helmet, and all, and um, I got on the back. That was sort of it. I was sold, and um, Al took me under his wing. We just hit it off. He's an awesome guy, and he was racing 250cc's at the time, and um, he had a little 125, and it just got me going, and it took me down to old Button Willow and Willow Springs, and we hit it hard, and um, that was it. I started racing at 16, uh, 125s, and all the club racing, nice. WSMC and ASM, and um, took off from there. Proper road racer then, uh, not only motocross. I was wondering if you're a motocross or a road racer as far as, uh, you know, your uh, skill set. I'm, I'm a road racer. That that was the first thing I ever did was road racing and um, went up from 125 to a slight bit of 250. We did the Aprilia Cup Challenge at Laguna Seca. Oh, yeah. All right. First nice. pro race, um, <laughs> which was awesome, you know, following behind John Hopkins and uh, racing battle with Alex Gobert and mm -hmm. um, got on the podium. That was sort of the start to my career. And I dabbled in flat tracks and um, awesome. sort of all forms of racing. But now road racing. You're like Wade then. 
<laughs> Wade has What's done that? Uh, Wade as well. Uh, Wade has done the flat tracking and the two-stroke 250s and everything else between. So I mean, you definitely yeah, have yeah. a your skill set is you do all bikes, <laughs> which I is do really really cool. Yeah, anything that uh, two wheels and you can get a little sideways on, on I'm all about it. That's great. And um, you know, we were just mentioning earlier in our show, like Wade was mentioning. Uh, uh, when his youth, you know, he did, uh, you know, road racing, but also dirt. And um, it seems to me right now you have a program uh, with the uh, uh, dirt riding uh, with children. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, I, um, for all my years of, of road racing, I linked up with a lot of guys uh, that had track days in their schools. And I would say that I was taught by some of the best in the business. I worked with Freddie nice. Spencer. I went to his school. Um, Jason Pridmore took me under his wing, and I, I uh, took his school and rode for him under his team and worked with them at his schools. And wow. I'd say I really learned from the best. I took Rich Oliver's schools. Um, <laughs> so I you know Rich and Chucky. <laughs> oh, and Chucky Corn, the best guys. Yeah, and exactly. <laughs> I always thought, man, someday I would love to have a school or a camp of some sort, and it really just came together. Okay. Uh, my fiance and I were talking, and she said, "Just you need to do it." What I'm passionate about, and there's nothing better than, you know, passing on what I've learned over the years. Oh, that's and great. It really came together. I've got a seven-year-old son, and um, he rides really well. And all the parents at school were asking, "Hey, how how do I get my kid into this?" So I just said, "Well, bring him out, and I'll teach him." Then it turned into awesome. I need to start doing this. So yeah, I I teach all ages from three years old and up, skill level from <laughs> Never ridden to pros one on one, um, but the the kids are really where it's at for me. I love teaching kids. Well, it came cool. naturally, cool. and it really is cool. And um, so um, that's really, really, you filled a space that needed to be filled. And um, with your skill set, I mean, it, it sounds great. Um, what what um, what do you need to do to get in your class? And what what um, I guess what programs do you have? So, right now, I'm, I'm pretty um, word of mouth, if you will. Um, I just, with the help of others, because I'm extremely computer illiterate, I need to learn more. <laughs> racers, dude, racers. Uh, oh, man. <laughs> we all are. <laughs> so, I've had some help. I've got a Facebook for Hawkins Automoto Camps, Instagram. I've sort of got a website um, up and going. So Can you mention their names out there for our folks that uh, are listening? Um I think we got probably seven people listening today, and uh, about twenty-five thousand others somewhere. Where's the wet? Where are they located? Where are you located? <laughs> uh, so I'm up in Cottonwood, California. That is Northern California. I'm a tiny town just south of Redding, California. Okay, Redding. So, okay. Yep. I am. Uh, so, so from you guys in San Fran, I, uh, Fran, I'm between two and a half to three hours. Okay. For our listeners uh, in different countries, I mean, uh, it's still Northern California, and uh, boy, oh boy, uh, this is very exciting. Uh, Hawk happens to be an exceptional racer for our listeners, and um, yeah, he's teaching our youth, which is wonderful. And uh, Hawk, so um, as far as uh, entering the program, uh, do we have a website to get a hold of you? Uh, do we have a contact, yeah. that type of thing? Yeah. Go to hawknazada.motocamp.com. And H A W K M O Z Z A T A? Yep, M A Z Z O C C A. 
There you go. Hoxazadamotocamp.com and uh, my link to there on uh, on there, uh, my phone number and um, location um, and pretty much all the info. Like the current camp, kids camp is this weekend, so it'll have your information of uh, dates, times, and costs and what sort of the curriculum, what's included. Can you um, explain that? I have that? motorcycles for rent. Don't have a motorcycle. I have gear. Um, so if you don't know how to never sat on a motorcycle, you can show up. I'll have you lined out riding in four hours. All right, Hawk. That sounds awesome. So let's let's go back a second here, and let's let's. Um, can you explain the curriculum uh, and the bikes and uh, go from there? Yeah. So uh, depending upon who I'm working with. So uh, if I've got kids. My curriculum would be potentially a little different than than adults. Gotcha. Um, but in general, um, my curriculum for a beginner to an intermediate, which is the majority of the students, is mm. number one, safety. Number two is have fun. If we have, if we're safe, we have fun. And uh, I I just went through a program um, through USMCA, so the United States yes, Motorcycle Association. And that was started by, I'd say, the, the core group of motorcycling you know, in the U.S., the Ulrich family and, and so many others that formed this to have a, just a ground to teach coaches you know, at, at a high level how to use, number one, it's safe. You know, you this go. sport is inherently dangerous, and there is a lot of guys out there who believe that, that maybe are not qualified and so um, for me Oops. and my camp um, you'll come in here and we'll go over the most basics of a motorcycle uh, the parts of the bike how to start it how to shut it off then we go through body position we go through ergonomics of the bike body position how it affects it and I mean we do a lot of drills mm -hmm. you know basics of front brake rear brake both why you use one versus the other um, trail braking in angles we cover so much you name it, we'll do it off camber. And um, that's at awesome. At my facility, I've got ovals, CT tracks, um, a mini moto. Uh, it's very safe. Any jump or whoop is extremely safe. Um, so you can sort of cover anything that we need to cover here. Um, so Hawk, are you saying that you have a um, you have a compound like the Roberts where you can go out and actually uh, show up? And you have certain areas where you can do all the drills. Yes, sir. Yep, I got. I'm not going to say uh, awesome. that. Awesome. That was pretty epic. But uh. hopefully, in the near future, I'll be to that point. But right now, I've got yeah, 21 acres here at the, at the property mm. that um, <laughs> yeah, is sort of uh, endless possibilities. And as well, awesome. just 15 minutes from my place, we have the Shasta Supermoto Track, which is absolutely beautiful, paved. A go kart track with a dirt wow. section. I also teach supermoto, so for road racers or street riders, we go out there and, and teach that discipline as well. Well, that discipline is going to make anyone faster. And uh, yeah, I mean, uh, Wade's a TT boy, you know, back in the day when he was younger. And yeah, that's, yeah. You, you teach a little bit of everything, right? Yeah, you put them all together, yeah. and what do you got? <laughs> <laughs> boy, you know, this sounds so exciting, and um, it's really, really great. And um, if you want, you know, I mean, uh, uh, send me some information. I'll always be happy to, you know, mention it every every show. 
Thank as you. far as uh, you know, let's let's get folks out there learning how to run and how to have a, a you know a really really great time, right? Yeah, help you out. That's yeah, yeah. Like we got, yeah, that's yeah. what it's about. You know, exactly. People out there that, that ride that need a little uh, help of where to start, or I mean, you can prolong a, a hobby or career just by knowing the right way to do it. We've all been there and gotten hurt, so you know. <laughs> well, that's uh, a whole different yeah, conversation. Yeah, <laughs> nice, nice to get a little help and go <laughs> yeah. do it right. Exactly, and you know, uh, I was just mentioning earlier one of the boys that what I work with at Tokyo Moto, and he's showing these pictures now. They got not quite the Grom size, but they have these little race bikes, and they're doing oh. them stocking and stuff, and uh, they're fully the kitted. Uh, with is that where they are? They're quite awesome. I mean, they're a volley. They're a miniature GT bike, super bike. They're awesome. I rode the one. The next stage. Ooh. Oh my You God. rode one. Incredible. Yeah, um, I rode one at our Supermoto track, and. It's the way of the future. They're starting kids so young now. Yeah. It's just amazing. Yep. <laughs> oh, very, very we neat. all want one. <laughs> I wish they had them when we were, we were younger. We were riding a, a stock uh, YSR. Yeah, back yeah. in the oh. day. Yeah. Oh, I had a mini bike. <laughs> I had a DT175. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I mean, yeah, whatever you learn on. Bring up. Yeah, <laughs> this is the right. 70s. <laughs> you are. Yep. Well, Hawk, you know, thank you for calling in, and um, feel free uh, to call in anytime. Let me know, and um, okay. uh, definitely, you know, yeah. uh, uh, forward me uh, your information. I'll put it on out okay. there. Uh, like I said, uh, uh, Clay's going to call in with uh, fun tr uh, uh, firstriders.org uh, in about uh, five minutes, and uh, again, okay. He has a motocross, uh, uh, you know, uh, learning folks uh, who've never ridden before and everything's, uh, it's a different type of situation than what you're in, but uh, boy, oh boy, that. very, very exciting and um, thank you. an honor for having you call in. You are. Hey, thanks <laughs> so much for having me, guys. I appreciate it. And we'll, let's, let's get together soon and uh, yeah, just plan on, you know, uh, every one or two weeks uh, having a, okay. you know, uh, just call in and, uh, you know. Ten minutes and have an update of what you want to do What's and new? yeah, exactly. That'd okay. be awesome. You got <laughs> it. No, I'll do it. It's good to chat with you guys. Thank you very much. And cheers, brother, and thank you for calling. <laughs> cheers, guys. Thank you. Yar yar. <laughs> Let's put on some music. <laughs> Thanks, Mo Crate. <laughs>
right, so Milk Crate took over the show, and uh, RER, and I believe we have Mr. Clay on the phone. RER, Clay, you there? Yes, sir, Alex. Boy, oh, Mr. boy. Alex, for being all formal. How you it's, been? Uh, great to talk with you. I also have my son, AJ, here, who is one of the lead trainers in First Drive. AJ, cool. how you doing, mate? Right on. Doing, doing well, yeah. Heck yeah. Awesome. Great to, great to hear from you, and I hope you and Wade and Milkrate Brian are doing well. We miss you. We're getting by, and yeah, we miss everyone. Boy, oh boy, you know, it's been weird times lately, and uh, yeah, it's, it's, uh, at least right now, we're able to actually broadcast again uh, and uh, have a show, and uh, certain people are going, holy moly. Hi. There you are. Fantastic. Our captain of Mutiny Radio just showed up. Hey, there you are. <laughs> hey. Hey. So anyhow, um, Clay, you know, um, you know, it was interesting uh, earlier today. Um, uh, yeah, so far, hold on, I'm moving a bunch of stuff around here. And uh, Hawk Mazzotta called in, and he has a nice class going on regarding, uh, you know, uh, teaching folks how to do motocross racing and such. And uh, went back a while, and uh, I wanted you to just, like, uh, haven't heard from you in a while, and... Uh, during all this COVID stuff of housefirstrides.org and uh, explain Things again. Are good, my friend. Things are good. And first of all, I did tune in and listen to the interview with Hawk and I'm most impressed. And I am going to add a link to his website and Facebook page from our uh, website under resources to be awesome. able to find that perpetually. Um, and they sound fantastic. And so kind of TLDR, as they say, and my business is um, we want to eventually get to the point where we provide scholarships for kids to be able to go through classes such as this, kids who wouldn't be able to afford it. That's um, awesome. As well as teach, right? Well, as you well know, it, I was thinking uh, between Hawks program and your program, you're kind of on the two different spectrums. And, uh, yeah, I thought, uh, you know, it's, you know, uh, as blending-wise, I mean, it's all about the kids. It's all about writing. Exactly. But, you know, for me, Alex, I really want to get kids and families in the program who couldn't otherwise afford it. That's really the main thing. Gotcha. That's what the is about is you don't have to know someone in motorcycling to get into motorcycles. No, and uh, Wade and I were mentioning earlier, I mean, everything you have has been donated. I mean, from all the gear and all the motorcycles, and even, Wade, you were mentioning the, 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 Probably the, help, the, yeah. the help, the instructors, yeah? Brother, I was about to say the same thing, the time, really. As you time. all know, the most valuable yeah. thing is people's time. And highly skilled motorcyclists are showing up on the regular. So this past Saturday, wow. yeah, we had uh, Micah Miller and Charlie Hatfield and some new volunteers kind of come over and walk through. We've got a tentative class going on here, my friend, July 25th. That's nice. kind of the big news is we're going to do something right here at our little place, uh, just kind of ramp up very uh, young, new riders. That's kind of an interim pandemic limited uh, event. And then we're going to soon be out at Hollister Hills targeting wow. September. Nice. Awesome. And yes, uh, my friend. Uh, how is everything going? Um, do you need me to donate a two-stroke 500? Well, this is what I want everyone to do that's listening to the radio station that can afford it. And this is um, look out for B360Baltimore.org. So this is an organization in Baltimore. If you've seen 12 O'Clock Boys, uh, as an example, um, these are folks from that community who are attempting to teach STEM, so science, technology, engineering, math, to kids in the community using motorcycles. Awesome. So um, 
Um, they are a fantastic organization, and I've, we've been in contact with them uh, over the last uh, six months or so, trying to figure out a way to work together. Can you repeat and, that um, name again? Um, it's B360Baltimore.org, and uh, they're a wonderful program. We have about 300 students who are awaiting um, classes because they've basically been stymied by COVID-19, sadly. Gotcha. And so I want to put a huge plug in for them. Uh, please and do so, so always. Um, yeah, Brittany, their founder, absolutely fantastic. And they're just wonderful people and doing uh, great stuff. They're actually taking what we want to do to the next level as far as I'm concerned, and that is basically give, give kids not only motorcycling but a career perhaps related to motorcycling, but definitely a career as well. And I just, I, I love that. So I think they're doing something fantastic. And if you haven't seen 12 O'Clock Boys, I highly recommend it. I'll look into it. And, you know, the fact of the matter is, you know, my uncle taught me how to work on bikes and stuff. And in a sense, you know, I'm, I'm wondering if your, your classes are like that, to have the extra uncle or aunt or whomever to get folks interested. And, you know, it's, it's like anything, I mean, you got to know where the spark plug is. You got to know how to kickstart. You got to know where the throttle, clutch, brakes, everything is. And, oh. um, and you know, it's all about education. And what's really nice is, uh, especially uh, about folks who normally wouldn't be able to do it. And, uh, you know, uh, there's a Rossi out there. <laughs> exactly, uh, dude. I mean, you know my theory on all of this, right? I mean, this is, it's not just motorcycling. I mean, the next Mahatma Gandhi is, you know, it could be anyone, right? And yeah. You know what I mean? Like, so, yeah. like, give so everyone a chance. Exactly. And, and, you know, it's wonderful that you're doing that. And uh, you know, SFMC is, uh, I hope everything is going well out there. And, um, yeah, whatever you need, you know, let me know. And um, everything right now is just kind of in a funny situation. I haven't seen you in a while, Clay, but I know you're out there. You know, I got pictures of you all over my wall. Um, it might be like a soccer <laughs> thing, but don't worry about that. But, uh, yeah, you know, I mean, I you just want to make Alex. sure. Well, That's a given. <laughs> not okay. as much as I do. Steve. Can't wait for sending yeah. out offenders at some point soon. I miss yeah. that so much. Well, everything's just kind of funny right now, and we hope it will get better. But even more importantly is actually um, you, as well as a couple of other folks that I know that have uh, been running things on Motorcycles Outdoors, at least you can do it. And it's nice. Keep it separated. Everything. Uh, going dirt bike riding is not COVID dangerous. And uh, right. you got the dirt to get with the particles and everything else in between. Yeah. And, um, yeah, um, just keep Even on letting that us. spread out, dude. Like <laughs> Bungie Brent, Back Road Bash, he intentionally limited the crowd to half of what it was last year. No kidding. So everything's yeah. going on. You are, you are. So, um, Clay, um, what's going on next? And would you like to put a word out? I'd love that, my friend. Um, so uh, July 25th, we have a little class going on here as a trial of our own expanded curriculum, and that's full. But September 15th, uh, I'm sorry, sometime in September, we're targeting September 5th is the date, um, but we're solidifying that right now. We are doing a training in Hollister, and I need to update the website to reflect this, but it's really fresh news, my friend. Yeah. And, um, yeah, definitely. And then we're going to attempt to expand to this is really hot off the presses. And I need to talk to the board about this, by the way. Um, but we're really hoping to start to train um, women as well down the line. No way. I'm sorry. You got to leave the women out of motorcycling. There's no way you could have girls riding motorcycles. 
no, yeah, no, why no, no. would we oh want, God. you know, smart, oh, yeah. sensible people yeah, on motorcycles? Oh, we're going to be beat. We can have a bunch of lunatics. Yeah, yeah we're going to get our asses kicked. <laughs> God damn it. All right, well, you know, you're going to be in the history books of introducing women to riding motorcycles. Yeah, I well, know, right? we're, we're all, we're all in a world of shit now. <laughs> no, that's <laughs> awesome. They can teach us a thing or two, brother. You've met Jennifer Braun. Oh, yeah. She can teach she taught me more than <laughs> Don't even get me started. <laughs> Wait, no, I've been going that way. R.E.R. Um, no, that's really, really awesome. And uh, the fact of the matter is, I mean, um, interestingly enough, uh, I've seen that women have gotten farther in motorcycling than other sports. we got some folks out there right now really kicking ass in the Alamant. You know, and um, everything yeah. else in between. Everywhere. Um, yeah, truly. Track so, um, exactly. Yeah, exactly. So there, there is no gender difference in motorcycling. Really, it has to do with, like, you know, just wide open. Yari are. But um, Yari are, Clip. Uh, I know you're out there out right, right now. And, um, yeah, um, I want to hook you up with Hawk and um, uh, Hawk Posada and his program. I think um, – it's all about the children and also the next generation, you know. Um, Definitely, exactly. It, it's a big oh, thing, great. and um, yeah, We're um, on the same page, brother. It's are. all about the next generation, and it's really hard for them to learn now. And we can make that easier, especially now. And also, what you have, which is what we never had, was actually someone willing to teach you that had bikes and gear. <laughs> Usually you have to well, go scale it and shit. The first part of that equation we're working on now. We have gear, thanks to all of you, so much. I can't uh, express it. I mean, we've had so many gear donations. It's been fantastic, Alex. I mean that. Uh, um, so, Clay, do you need some bikes? We're now starting to get some bikes, dude. So we're getting enough funding where we think we can go out and buy some old user bikes and have our own. Okay. And so that's so the next level. We nice. need new bikes. So all you um, looters yeah, out there, yeah. if you loot a bike between uh, 80cc and 250, just leave it in front of me radio, I guess. <laughs> but yeah, we need new bikes, yeah, you know, actually, so like looters, 50, get us bikes. 50s, brother, we're really looking. Actually, we have like so we have a, a few 125s and uh, a 110 or two, and um, but really the smaller bikes, my friend, like the 50s. Okay, like that's interesting. Like PW50s with the... Uh, uh, what do you call them? The training wheels? Ooh, so you're yeah. looking for well, entry-level bikes. Training wheels, man. But you're looking no for entry-level bikes, yeah? Entry-level bikes. 50s, okay. 70s, 90s, 110s. So you really, heard it here. The smaller, the better. You heard it here on Racers Alley. Uh, I want you five listeners to goddamn get your checks out and buy some bikes. <laughs> so we really need some <laughs> between 80 that, and 150s. Dude. And, and donate uh, them. Donate them. <laughs> yeah. Berkeley on the Yamaha, sell them bikes. But uh, so, um, yeah, actually, Clay, uh, so what we're looking for is really beginner bikes. Yes, please, Alex. That's really where we're That's deficient important. as far as loaners go. We actually don't – we have an XR80. I want to give props to the Sunday morning ride crew, wow. David Allegri and Tony Rua is coming together to bring us awesome. an XR80 cool. and donating gear yeah. as well. Hillary Davis from Dame Stone Care made a huge uh, cash donation recently. That's awesome. That's why we're in a position where we can start to um, get uh, – and there's so many donors. I mean, dude, I can go through the list, and I will. You can um, uh, next time, whenever you want, dude. Um, we appreciate this because guess what? I mean, we're kind of in our way, but we got to teach a younger generation. Mm-hmm. You know? 
Uh, yeah, and so on that note, Alex, if you don't mind, I was going to just actually hand over the mic to my son and kind of, you know, let him express why we're doing this because he's actually been a huge help. Can I ask uh, him a couple of questions? Happen. Yeah, and you haven't gotten to meet him. He's kind of the – him and his sister are the prototypical first oh. ride, first riders, I would say. I'll be nice yeah. then. You probably know that this has been a work – I mean, been in the work for a number of years now. I mean, my dad is this a son? I haven't heard you yet. Yes, Get the mic closer. Son. Yeah, you need yeah. to meet him. Okay. Uh, was... Is your dad a yeah, boxers they... or briefs guy? And has he ever actually like you know opened the fridge and drank the milk out of the refrigerator? <laughs> so he's got his own place. Yeah, That's I how mature he is. Oh, damn, he's a racer. <laughs> oh yeah. In the van. Oh yeah. <laughs> in all seriousness. Man in a van with a plan. <laughs> so who am I speaking with? AJ is the name. AJ? Uh, and it's Alex, correct? Uh, sometimes. AJ? Sometimes. Yeah, exactly. Nice to meet you, mate. And uh, you're helping yeah, Flip out, you. and you're part of the class and program. Uh, what would you like to say? Um, I just want to talk about, uh, like I don't know, general stuff. I, I don't know if I can chart what I'm going to say yet, but I think I'm going to go off on a little bit of a tangent myself. Well, do you like and peanut butter with bananas or just peanut butter? I mean, there's a difference. I think, you know, white I bread. Think both. Uh, like Why IR. not both? Uh, okay. But really, um, yeah, so this has been a process that we have been uh, just, it's been in the works for a while now, and we've been really just getting it more and more together. You know, as my dad says, I'm kind of like the pilot of all this because he taught me at a very young age. Nice. And I'm very thankful for that because when I'm on a t any, like, any two wheels, uh, like, construction, whether it's a bicycle or a motorcycle, I feel comfortable, you know. Um, like, I, I it's, it's like second nature, muscle memory, you know. And I've, I've almost always felt that way. I generally don't doubt myself too much when I'm riding. It's only now that I'm starting to dirt jump on BMXs that I'm getting a little stressed at times. So, but really, um, though. Uh, jump on BMX yeah. bikes. Yeah. So, are you yeah, in your 20s? <laughs> no indeed, jump on BMX bikes in their 30s. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I know, right? I'm actually, yeah, I'm actually, today I've been painting my BMX and uh, just. We 